Welcome to another episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And as always, we'd like to thank our sponsors, Harbro, for their continued support. On Top Lines and Tales, my guest this week, Ali Jackson, needs very little introduction. He's already starred on an earlier episode. Uh, for those of you listening, episode number 37 a couple of years ago now. And uh, go back there and have a listen if you can find it. And uh, Alice. Parents, Susan uh, and, and Alan, both still out there. Your mum started in show jumping, and uh, Alan's always been, at the, been there at the forefront of the cattle and sheep business, and younger brother Cammy too as well. You guys never, never far away from the top. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks, Andy. And uh, also on the call there, I've got Jordan Aitken from Harbro, and, and Jordan, uh, uh, you cover the Dumfries and Galloway area. Well, tell us a little bit more about about where you where you cover. So the main area is uh, Dumfries and Galloway, yeah, and we cover about into Cumbria, probably as down as uh, down as far as Penrith, and up to Thornhill. So it's a fair a fair area, yeah. And a good a good stock area, of course. And you'll be going on farms every day and seeing a lot of stock and a lot of farmers. See a lot of good farms. Um, see a lot of good stock. See a lot of good farmers. Uh-huh. Um, a good stock area, um, completely different. Yeah, it was a real eye opener when I started working in the southwest. Okay. Um, but no, fantastic area, yeah. Well done, well done, and uh, you said you're out, you're out there putting the miles in at the moment, I know we've just caught you on your way home, so appreciate you taking your time to, to, to drop in, and uh, Ali, just go back to you, as I said, the podcast has been covered already with a lot of the things that you've done, but you started very young with sheep, I think, blue-faced Lester's maybe in the young handlers, and your father started with Beltex quite early on as well, and he's big time in the cattle job too, so uh, yeah, you've been at this game a while now. Yeah, it was it was fortunate, you know, we had uh, yeah, Bluefish Leicester's up in Fife and uh, that was our, our main breed to show at the time. So that was the breed I started with really <laughs> as I would say they're they're a very easy breed to start with young handlers, so it's uh, it was it was quite an easy one. But yeah, cattle were later in life really. You know, they weren't they weren't until um when I was about fifteen, sixteen. We always had cattle in Fife but never showed them really. Um but uh, yeah, it started with the British Blues kinda of, I think it was fifteen when I did a work experience at Andy Ryder. So. Okay. And and I mentioned your father because he's in there very much very much amongst the cattle now in the short horn breed and runs a lot of cattle out there. Alan, if you're listening, I'm gunning for you, you're coming on this podcast one of the days and uh, um <laughs> I don't know whether Alan's a Harbro customer or not, but uh, I'm sure Jordan's got his eye on him as well or somebody will to pull him into the folder. <laughs> and and it's not common knowledge that you actually started with a few Jacobs, you said as well. So uh, uh, yeah, you earned your spurs in stock judging. I think uh, Ali in, in Fife and then Lanarkshire, and then as you said, self-employed started helping a few breeders. And and I believe you worked with James Whiteford for a while. There's there's a good name that uh, out there in the commercial world. It's a good grounding you'd have got there. Yeah, I was there uh, when I kind of came back from traveling, really uh, from kind of New Zealand and Australia. I went self-employed also, and then uh, James Whiteford was. Looking for help at the time, and yeah, to be honest, learned a lot there. Um, he's, he's one of the top commercial uh, top breeders in the country now, and uh, very good system. I, you know, I, I try and still visit as much as I can, and every time I go there, it's, it's, there's another new shed kind of thing, and he just uh, he just keeps building and pushing forward. And fair play to him, he's uh, he's doing some job of it. Really. And a great, as you say, produced some great commercial tops there as well. And uh, again, one of, one of your customers, I think, there, Jordan. Yeah, another one of my customers. Uh, again, just just really follow what Ali said, and I think <clears throat> if you're ever looking for a place to go and visit to, to really inspire you, uh, James Whiteford would be uh, near the top of the list for me, anyway. Yeah. 
certainly as I said top selling season just now there James I hope it's going well and and, and Ali since, since those younger days phenomenal success that you've had that I mentioned in, in a number of breeds obviously in the cattle but a number of breeds of sheep as well and a hard man to beat but you started for Kevin Watrous purely by chance I think at Solway View there going back a good while now yeah, it was uh, well. It was when I was at James's, to be honest, as well, and uh, we were maybe kind of getting into the quiet stage after lambing at James's, and uh, but through Andy Ryder because I knew Andy very well, okay. um, and Kevin and Andy are really good friends, so it was through that. And, uh, yeah, so that was the March what two thousand nine. Mm-hmm. Um, Kev asked me if, if I could come and just give him a couple of days, really a week or a, a day a week, and then. Um, like when even 2009 Kev went to the Yorkshire show and you know I stayed at home and carved embryos or whatever for the first time and um, yeah it, it just got more and more and I enjoyed it more and more and then he approached me asked if I wanted to go full time with him and yeah the, the, the first September I started full time with Kevin so mm-hmm. the they, uh, phenomenal man great businessman as well as folks will know there and be a good herd of cattle when you went there I mean you're not taking the credit for, 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 for Kevin's herd of cattle I don't think to start with but certainly you've been there a long time and, and uh, kicking into the Highland Show and how many Highland Show champions would, would there be now at Solway View would be quite a few oh I'm sure uh, Kevin's got about 10 and uh, I, I got one this year you so did. yeah there's 11 11 with the cattle and we've had a couple with the sheep as well so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah like you said the the, the main the main bloodlines the two the two female lines that have done really well out were both there when I came you know so it's just putting the pieces together and the playing about with bulls and, and we've just been fortunate enough that they're they're very consistent and most yeah some of the best consistent cows in the breed relation mm-hmm. yeah yep yeah. you said some some of the best cows in the breed and literally you know a couple of families not not running out buying things just keeping those families together and of course Kevin's a great guy as well chips in for the for the kiss parties uh, looks after you guys well there with uh, with a few kegs of, of, of more than a few kegs of beer that I've shared with you as well at uh, at every show pretty much yeah I mean it's, it's, we, we go to these shows and we, we go to show as well but end of the day it's a it's a bit of a holiday for us all and we like to enjoy yourself and yeah we're, we're known to have the kegs on but it's always nice to have a beer close to hand after you've just showed some cattle or even before <laughs> and those that you that don't know i haven't been long to witness that of course your kegs are inside of a wheelie bin with a hand pull pump on the top it's quite it's quite elaborate setup that you've got going on there and i think this time you've got an entire kitchen i think at the welsh you brought your entire kitchen with you cooking the food as well yeah well it's just to be honest we, we, we're fortunate enough to get party corner back at welsh we've not had it there for a few years but there's been a lot of good times in that corner. Just, well, it, it's just uh, everyone knows it's there, and and it, it just ends up kind of party central, you know, at these shows, and it's good fun. Yeah. You know, it's uh, everyone's welcome, if, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, it's we take as much drink as we can, and we just enjoy ourselves. It's, it's, what it's all about isn't it I seem to remember that it is what it's all about you remember I think uh, your father took an entire trailer load down with all with all just with the, with the gear and the, and the kitchen and all the booze in there as well and took it probably I, I think there was an extra trailer for his flowers to be honest he <laughs> takes the blooming garden centre with him he does do. he does and, and Jordan I don't think Kevin's one of, one of your customers not yet anyway but uh, on the cattle side of it but uh, Ali the herd's been you know, based on a lot of ET work and let's just go into the feeding side of a little bit I mean how does the, the feeding regime change for when you're feeding receipts and that from day to day from change from I suppose a show ball. Are we talking you know a different type of feeding? It's, it's a science, isn't it? Yeah, I mean to be honest, because we've been at that long, Andy. I mean it's, it's no different to the sheep and the cattle. Um, we try and keep the protein low, but we don't necessarily 
changed the diet much. I mean, we, we've used a lot of different feeds. We've made our own feeds. And I'll be honest, if you can keep the diet the same and maintain it and keep them on a rising plane, we've found that's the best. And especially with a recept for hold rate, you know, you need to keep the energy in them, obviously. But it, it, there's a lot of feeds out there, a lot of fancy flush feeds. But I mean, necessarily, they don't all work. And I mean, the flushing game, put it this way, that a family can flush very well and it can pass that on. And one family, you know, I've got a, a family kind of, of sheep especially, there'll only be a three or four number of eggs and that, that is generally what they pass down. Where like, to, you know, there's other families will be consistently 10 eggs. Now that's just the way they're bred and, and, and it is. Science, yeah, I mean, you can, you can give them as much as you want, but if they're not a good flushing family, generally they, they won't flush that well. And we're fortunate enough, we, we, you know, with two flush cattle lines and the blues, and one family does actually flush better than the other. You know, they, they could be a consistent 10 egg family, where the other family could be six eggs each time. Okay. And that's it, it does pass down on generation to generation. But yeah, nutrition's a big thing. We, we, we use a lot of minerals, and but that you have to keep the protein down because high protein can kill off embryos. Okay. You know, and that is, that is proven. So, yeah, we just go for a high-energy kind of feed, really. Okay. Okay, that's interesting. It wasn't something I'd really recognize that the, 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 the number of eggs flushing go, passes down the generation. So there's, you know, there's, yeah. there's news to me. Every day's a school day for me. And, uh, and, and the cattle outside, buckets, and, and keeping, keeping the mineral levels up as well? No, I wouldn't say so much buckets. We, we don't really use a lot of buckets on the cattle. We're, a, we're predominantly, actually, boluses twice. Mm-hmm. We've done it for a long time. And actually, to be fair, it kept... I did it before I came. We've never changed the way away from it. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're using high mag buckets at the time. You know when the grass is lush to a certain extent. That like to now um, when I'm moving cows on to kind of silage aftermath. You know I will need to have buckets in front of them. Uh, the sheep, the sheep certainly. You know we're, we're using buckets more so. I don't uh, bolus the sheep, but more so in middle. Mm-hmm. And, and energy buckets. Let's just talk a wee bit about the success there at Solway View. As I said, you've been on the podcast before, but I mean, Solway View, Odin, I think 2018, I'd be right in saying he broke a breed record and uh, it was always a good bull out of that firecracker line. Uh, that was uh, 2021, that was Andy. Okay. And it, it was close. It, it was 27,000 actually, and the record was 30. Okay. The, the, okay. There was a bull that day as well at 30,000. But yeah, this, this year was was pretty a pretty special sale to be honest breaking the breed record and, and matching the female record as well so yeah phenomenal effort wasn't it I mean took I don't know how many cattle he took there but all with a good tray but as you said broke the male record and, and, and matched the female record and, and cattle went on and, and your cattle are in great condition a lot of people talk about that your cattle you know, they, they were fit bang on at the day there and, and uh, pushing right up to the limit is there, is there a limit about how far you can take the, the, these animals when you're feeding them up for, for show and sale yeah, I mean, certainly uh, British Blues, to be honest. It's that they don't like a lot of protein in their diet because, you know, they're so muscly. And uh, I'll be honest, I, I, say, I, I don't think we're some of the biggest um, feeders in the blue cow. I think we probably could push them harder, especially when they're calves. I mean, we're actually on a kind of a high-protein diet on calves, but they generally aren't on ad lib. Um, they, they have to clean up every day, and that, that's the way we've always treated them. You know, we need them to grow. Yeah, sure, sure. And you mentioned you won the Highland Show yourself with Blues there, with a bull of your own, uh, and uh, beat beat the gaffer, which was a, a pretty special day for you again at the Highland. And tell us a bit more about that calf. Yeah, so um, when me and Hannah got engaged, 
um, Kev can ask what do I want for a wedding present or he suggested you want the pick of the calves at that time and I said yeah well it'd be good to get started in cat, you know, blue calves I didn't actually have any blues in my own I had, I've got some limousines but I never had any blues um, so I picked this young black pure black heifer calf and she was out the Everdine family by flat out um, and then it kind of turned out that she was going to be full sister to Soli V. Odin that was sold for 27000 so that was after you know that but I pushed the waiter um, pushed her kind of two times three times before we actually initially got married um, and we I only applied two calves actually a, a kind of gap each but this was the first bull calf born by Engen and yeah I showed him a better calf show last year and he won his class at three shows and he, he was always quite a smart bull calf but then he just kind of came onto his own um, start of the year really so I thought I would end up for the Highland and the rest of the shows and he, he was fortunate enough to win the Highland and then get male champion at the Yorkshire and the Royal Welsh so mm-hmm. it was uh, and junior interviewed at the Welsh as well so yeah no, he, he, he's had a good show career so hopefully uh Come start of the year, he'll, he'll make the money as well. So you'll you'll have him back to the sales there, and uh, and and Kevin has some blue texels as well. We'll go on to your side of the sheep in a second, but the blue texels that came in there, a bit of your doing, I think, but uh, done well with those, and again more fleshing, and uh, of course they're fed on the Kelso. Uh, uh, he'll be one of your your customers there for the for the Kelso top and lamb uh, um, pellets there, John. Yeah, I think so. As far as I'm aware, are we? He'll probably be able to tell you a bit more what what gets it and what doesn't get it. Um, but certainly there's a uh, yeah, we've had a good success and, and like working with Ali on it, like, yeah. Okay. And Ali, you moved, as I said, in, onto the sheep side or back to the sheep side, I suppose, when you went into to Beltex and uh, you pretty soon racked up a £6,000 top fairly early on in, in, in that flock. And uh, and a you called Bubblegum as well, was that right? Was she uh, an imported you? Yeah, Bubblegum will actually kind of be up there with one of my favourites, only, only because more so, but I took her to Liz Mahigo's show um, and she got overall champion and then she went on the Highland show and um, got female champion, okay. uh, which yeah, the U lamb was good and the the top lamb, the top lamb that won its class that year from Kingledores that went overall champion and then I was actually second and male champion as well. But that was always one that you always remember your first prize at the Highland show and that was my my first first prize there. So yeah, she'll she'll always be remembered for that. But, Mm. And, and your, um, your, tip, yeah. your, your tip top for your top tip top flock there uh, um, it went on from strength to strength. And how many belt are you running these days? Uh, there's there's only about kind of twenty ewes to be honest, Andy. Uh, not so many. Um, just the other breeds they've kind of taken over a bit. So just kind of pushing on with them. It's, it's just nice to have a, a few varieties of breeds when when one breed's doing well, you know, or, or another breed's not doing so well, you can fall back another. So it's it's just good for income as well you certainly do have, have a number of breeds and we'll go into a couple more in a second but I think you won the individual supreme interbreed would I be right at the Royal Welsh have you won that with the Beltex or, or close to uh, one the, I've won the group of three at the, the Royal Welsh that was my first interbreed win in 2015 or 16 I think it was okay. so that was yeah that was uh, a, a good day as well and yeah it was that's probably the, one of the highlights of the uh, the Beltex down here Certainly, and yeah, we'll go on. I mean, I know this year you turned up with a wagon load of, of sheep there as well, and there's a lot of sheep there. I mean, you're taking calls to Newcastle, but it's a tre- tremendous show of, of of livestock down there, isn't it? And it's always well to do well amongst those guys. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting, you know, what was an interview this year, I think it was like 52 individual breeds in the, the individual interview this year, and it's, it's, it's something to see, especially the group of threes. I think that's 
that's one of the best sights to see down there, you know, that many sheep in the ring of that many different breeds and, and such a high quality yeah. of all them Welsh breeds as well. You know, you never really see them at any other shows and it's, it's a spectacle. Okay, you're right, Dennis. We'll go on to your, your prowess that you did this year in a minute, but uh, you moved into the to the Dutch spotties and, and I don't know when you got started with those, but you were successful pretty much right from the get-go, wouldn't you? There'd be a lot of imported sheep, I guess, originally. Yeah, we started, I think it was 2016, that the first two females came in. Um, not really knowing what I was doing, really. I hadn't really seen them, you know, and I've been to Belgium and Holland before in the previous times, and I'd never actually seen them before, but it kind of opened up your eyes that there was a lot more in the, the, the over there mm-hmm. than you thought. But, yeah, we started with two females. Um, one turned out to be Tip Top Hannah. Mm-hmm. That won the Highland, uh, sorry, the Yorkshire interbreed the first year being there as a U, and then um, she was she was she won at the Welsh as well in the in the breed. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was it was a good start. It was a good start. And, and interesting, you say you've been to, to to Belgium and to Holland as well now, and it's, it's, they treat the sheep differently there. They don't feed them. They wouldn't feed them in the way that we'd we'd feed feed sheep on, on pedigree sheep on our side. No, they don't really feed at all. More so that it's just cost them that much to get it, and um, they're, they're mainly. Most farms you go to will be grass-fed. Um, there's no there's no dressing of the sheep over there, so you you basically have to you have to get there early. To be honest, I used to go in the May because that's when they start selling the, the rams and and ewe lambs, and they're, they're a big you know believer of selling in batches. So they like to sell all the ewe lambs as one batch. And um, yeah, from from 2016, we kind of went over. Most years, I've not been this year, but I was over last year. And yeah, try and go over as much as I can just to find them new bloodlines and, and work out where the best flocks are. And tomorrow, you know, I can now say I know where the best flocks are. So if I go over next year or whatever, I, w- I would only go to a, a select few flocks. Same as the Beltex. That's what you used to do with the Beltex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 indeed, being there myself as well. And, uh, and, and, and you mentioned Hannah, you and Hannah have been together 10, 12 years now, I think, but a uh, meeting of two great breeders, I think, and a, a big wedding that was delayed a couple of times and eventually went, <laughs> went ahead there, Ali. But of course, she runs the Shirley sheep uh, there at, at Righead, and she, um, the Sloan family, her, her mum and dad, and grandfather, and uh, a great family you've married into there. Yeah, no, they are the very family-run business. Um, that you know, they've, they've a few farms and they're not well, they used to dairy, but they put that off. So they're now uh, beef cows and a lot of commercial sheep, and then they've got their pedigree charlies and uh, zorbles. Zorbles. So no pedigree cattle, right enough. But um, and obviously Hannah keeps Robbie's only sheep at the farm, the Dutch spotted. So they've got Dutch spotted now as well. We go into that in a second. And again, Jordan customers are yours, I think. There and and um. You went. You went to Percy Tate Sale down in the south. They bought a rouge lamb that uh, that's done well for you. And I think you and Will Price kind of got it uh, at cross swords with that one. Well, you bought one a piece, I think, didn't you? But uh, Will helps you out a little bit now. He's an able fella, isn't he? Yeah, no, he is. he's, he's come up and helped me lambing um, as well. As and he's always there to help out at shows. Uh, if I need a sheep trimmed or out like that, he's always there. But yeah, no, it was it was a good sale. Will's a very very good shepherd in his day and. Still is, you know, but uh, to be honest, I didn't even go down to buy anything that day. I just went down with Hannah because she was wanting to go down and see the Charlies. And yeah, I mean, the, the, the Rouge sheep, I'd never really studied them before. And yeah, just kind of this ewe lamb caught my eye and um, she's, she's done very well. Yes, yeah, and I think you, well, I saw Will dressing, dressing one of, of your Rouge at the, at the, at the um, would it be at the Welsh show this time? And I think you've had good success with, with yeah. the this year too. 
Yeah, no, it's, uh, I asked him if he would just dress the two rooms for me, just where everyone else to dress, and it's that hot down there, you don't want to be standing next to a stand too long, so without a beer in the hand anyway. But no, it's, uh, I know he's good at it, and you, you trust him to make a job of it, so sure. yeah, no, he's, he's been a good help. And uh, advice as well, you know, in the yeah. breed, because I don't really know much about them, so he's been good advice. Good, good. And Jordan, how much does supplying somebody like Ali mean to your business? I mean, you're both locally and nationwide. This guy's guy's a, a flagship pedigree breeder. They're always in the headlines. But uh, yeah, the main of your trade would be the commercial guys. But yeah, what does it mean to to a company like you to to, to be to be supplying feed to to, to people of this caliber? Yeah, I have to be careful what I say here, Andy, because <clears throat> I don't want to make Ali's head too big. But no, listen, we, we like to try and deal with with people who are. You know, at the, the top of the game, and you know, Harborough, you know, built a foundation on pedigree sheep way before I was here. But uh, I think we're, we try and deal with the best. Um, I think we've got a huge amount of you know good customers at the top. Um, but no, dealing with Ali and, and people like that, even to myself, are a huge, a huge help because you can take little bits of their business and try and make other people's business better. Sure. Um, so, so yeah, from from that point of view, it's, it's great, and yeah, you you want to be dealing with people like Ali and, and Hannah and these sorts of guys. Yeah. And Harbour does have a great a great track record on that, doesn't he? Feeding champions across the shows, and particularly good show season this year, I think, and sale season coming up as well. And you know, it it is it is those guys you said that uh, that, that fly the flag, but uh, you know, that boy, that works its way down to your commercial customer, I guess. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, pedigree sheep feed and. And commercial feed, you know, it all comes as a winner and uh, you try and make a good job for people and, and try and give them bits of advice and bits of help um, and, and bits just, you know, it all falls into place after that, really, Andy. Yeah. And I know, um, uh, Ali, I think you feed the, the, the Harbro Kelso um, lamcrete pellets as well there. And how important is that? Is that early start to get the right feed into those sheep to get them going? Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the, the most important part of the lambs, I would say, especially to have them the best start for life, you know, get, giving them the best chance. And, yeah, no, it, it's, it, it's a very good feed. Um, they eat it well. They, I wouldn't say they overeat it, you know, which is a good thing for, for the cost, but they, they do well in it. And, um, yeah, my lambs, all my lambs were on it this year, especially. So it's um, it, it does a good job. You know, it gets them where you want them to get off to the best start, to be honest. Okay. Uh, and... Uh, um, Jordan there I know I mean you know, Harbour kindly sponsor this Top Lines and Tails podcast of course and, and, and as I say they offer nutritional advice don't they and we different feeds maybe for, for different places and, and uh, of course you've got your nutritionists and analysis analysts should I say behind you like uh, like Jill Hunter there that are that, that are moving the product forward and giving the right advice to the right people it's not just about selling somebody feed and going out the gate is it? No you're exactly right Andy um, Jill you know would be in my opinion one of the best uh, what she does and we're continually trying to move forward and change things and tweak things and uh, you know people you need people like Jill who are, who are a driving force in the business but um, but certainly no I mean you take Jill away as well we've got a fantastic team certainly if I don't know anything you know you can go to another member of the team uh, you know just generally a very very good team and a very you know very helping team yeah well, maybe go on to some of the, the the different ones again. But is it one one size fits all when we come to different breeds of sheep and, and different areas? I mean, obviously there's different seasons as well. There is it is it pretty much the same stuff, or is it tweaked a little bit to suit certain certain buyers? I think we try and keep it as simple as we can, and try and you know one kind of one size fits all. But you know, there's different ways of doing it. Um, 
four breeds, you know, the suffix, you have to do a little bit different, um, for instance. But no, generally one size fits all and, and try and keep it as simple as we can for us and also for the farmer. Sure. Okay. Okay. And, and uh, Ali, you mentioned young, young Robbie was there in the background just now helping you out to, with the feeding by the sound of it and uh, uh, went on this year in his first year and won uh, the, the Triple Crown, which is a hell of a feat. And you didn't quite get it with the cattle, but you got it with the sheep, didn't you? Tell us a little bit more about the, about the, the you that won that. Yeah, it was that we, we um, had a decided we should get Robbie a, a sheep to start off. So we, we got him a ewe lamb last year from Mark McCormick over at Newton Stewart uh, Carlisle last year. Not necessarily to show. I mean, we, we, she was a good ewe lamb, very correct, but we didn't, you know, buy her to think she's going to win every way or anything like that. It was just something at a time, and I thought we may as well get him something different breeding to, to what I had originally. So, and yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I didn't really see her much. Uh, through the winter because she was away with Hannah's ewe lambs and then she brought her in and yeah she just she t- she, she ended up turning good to be honest she's, she's one of them sheeps that she knows she's a good sheep and it's, it's hard to breed them like that but yeah she's she's a show sheep and um yeah, he had a very, a very good start to his show life. <laughs> Certainly did have a good start. And it's a phenomenal success to win the Triple Crown, being the Highland Show, the, the Yorkshire Show, and the Royal Welsh Show. Those are the three big boys, the big shows there, and, and went on to shake up the interbreeds as well, didn't she? Yeah, she, she did well. I mean, well, she was there interbreed at the Yorkshire and, and overall interbreed at the Royal Welsh Show. I mean, it, it, the, the, the Dutch boy breed's been very fortunate. They've been knocking the door at every interbreed since they actually got classes at these shows and I mean it's, it's been it's been the push of the breed and, and folk have realised you know how good they are a breed as well mm-hmm. um, but yeah, yeah it's great to compete with these, these co- other continental breeds or native breeds you know it's it's, it's doing some well and the, yeah, as you said the classes haven't been in these shows long because the sheep haven't been in the country that long but they've all got classes now and they're hugely well supported in the in the spotties and, and, the, and the blue texas as well aren't they they're all vying for that position yeah, the, the Dutch boys, certainly the Royal Welsh this year, they were second biggest breed there, and I think they, they weren't far behind it, like for the Highland and, and Yorkshire as well. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal the size of classes they're getting now, and um, I think we're, we're up to over 800 members now in the space of what's it, six, six years of a society. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I've never seen a society grow as big in such space of time. I mean, our, our main sales. Um, a week on Saturday coming and we've, we've 600 head at the sale wow. you know it's, it's been it's the biggest sale that I've ever been wow. in the breed wow incredible I know you've been instrumental behind that involved with the society as well as setting that up and a great start for Robbie as you said and uh, he'll go on and do well in the young handlers too and he'll look good in his new Harbro body warmer there that uh, Jordan's about to send him <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he's uh, no he's, he's short age he's, he's keen enough and you, you can never tell at that age but it's it's his choice I suppose if he, if he wants to do sheep or cattle it's up to him we'll not push it on him fair enough fair enough and, and, and talking to breeds of sheep we mentioned three or four already but you've got a few texels as well I think and, and started with a few good bloodlines and I see you've got a couple of lambs entered for Lanark in a week or so's time there how are they looking yeah no it's, it's hard to know you know what, what they're like within company but they're certainly the two best lambs I've had um, it's just I've, I've been fortunate I've got a good bloodline now and, and just kind of start to push them a wee bit, you know, that way, just, um, you know, Spotties and Beltex and maybe took over a wee bit for a while, but now, you know, I'm kind of focusing a bit more on them. And, yeah, no, they're looking good, uh, happy enough, but you never know with that Lanark sale, you know, it's, 
that 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 sale, everyone takes their best there. So it, it can 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 be up and down, can't it? And, and they, as you said, they all think they're best. And and Jordan, of course, you, you'd feed a lot of Texel sheep, Texel tups going into Lanark. There would be coming through Harbro feed bags in front of them, and uh, the sale being next week. And and I guess for yourself, there you get a bit of pride out of that when you see the the, the sheep hitting the headlines that you've been in and put the feed through the gate. You always want your customers to go in and do well, and you know it's it's their business at the end of the day, Andy. So it does. It, it takes a lot of pride, and you know I'm I'm pretty passionate about uh, the pedigree sheep uh, and cattle job, and uh, no, it's good to see them, and it's nice for customers to get a good trade like. Sure. And you mentioned you early on that uh, it's a move for you to be down in Dumfries and Galloway. You're from a farming background originally. Where, where was home originally? So we've always been in the borders, uh, just a, uh, you know, worked on a farm since I was kind of fairly young, and uh, yeah, grown up and, and drink got involved, so I kind of taken a, a little bit of a break. Um, you know, you're working fairly, fairly lengthy hours, and took a break and uh, took a different road into agriculture mm-hmm. through Harbro, and uh, you know, I, I do enjoy what I do, make a difference to, to some good farms, and uh, you know, we're always striving to be better. Certain, certainly find that all the Harborough people I speak to are absolutely proud to be proud to work for Harborough. It's a dream job, really, and you know a good company, and you know absolutely hundred percent face behind and what you sell makes a difference. If, if if you've got a product that you know is going to do well, yeah, absolutely. And again, I go back to the team. You know, it starts from the top. Um, David McKenzie would be known by a lot of farmers. Um, you know, it, it really does start from the top, and it just filters its way down down the tree. And um, I'm pretty near the bottom, but uh, yeah. It's it's a good team. Good, good, and and we mentioned you know, the, the different areas coming from the borders across to to where you are now. I mean, you'll get a lot wetter weather there. I mean, you've had a dry spring this year. Does the feed requirements sort of change year on year? Do you guys look out the window and see the weather and think, well, you know, the, we need to advise a little bit different way because not every year is the same. Absolutely, Andy. You know, it could be it could be snowing at my house, and uh, you got a customer at the Mall of Galloway who doesn't get any snow. So, yeah. Huge amount. It's always, you know, there's huge amounts of grass through in the southwest. Um, so completely different, completely different staying here to walking through there. Um, things like copper and that, I suppose, are coming to play again. That varies from area to area. Do, do, how do you con- combat the your copper problems? Again, Andy, we try and keep it fairly, fairly uh, easy and try and have a kind of general purpose. We try not to get involved in too much specials unless there's a serious problem. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, there, there's obviously you know special requirements for some places, but we generally try and keep it fairly simple and fairly effective. And Ali, when you were on this podcast a couple of years ago, I think it was Kate. Well, it was Kaylee Kennedy that was uh, speaking to you, not myself, and you know, all the different breeds you've got. And you said, and, and, and the word Suffolk's was mentioned there. And I'd imagine uh, Jordan plucked his ears up there because those Suffolk's can eat a lot of food. Did you get get a few of those in the finish? Yeah, no, I did. Uh, this this was my second year lambing the Mandy and. Um, I, I, I more so went the, the shealing route with Sandy now, bred females, um, just very, very commercial. Um, but, you know, they, they, they're, they're born easy and they get up and suckle and, and they're away. Um, this is the first year I've got shealings to sell that way. So I've, I have 27 suffix for Kelso this year. Right. Um, yeah, and just dabbling away at the, the, the more so the top lamb job as well. Um, I like the breed. I used to have them when I was a wee boy um, back in the day when the sale was at Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. So there were always there was always a love for the breed as well. But I just feel that the, the breed is kind of it, it's it's you know favoured a lot more now. And 
when you go to these top sales, you find that there's not a lot of Suffolk Cups around in the market and they're selling very well and for a good price. And, you know, even if the quality's maybe not there, they're still making a good price. So every every breed takes its, has its time and uh, the, the Suffolk's are certainly having a good time at the minute. Well, yeah, you rightly said at uh, Malky Stewart's disposal sale, of course, with, with Sandy now there, great producer of tops himself uh, over the years there. And, and a lot of those, a lot of the genetics went to good homes like yourself. And you're carrying on breeding that good commercial type of sheep that uh, that folks want. And maybe don't take just as much feed there, Jordan, uh, as perhaps some of these Aberdeenshire sheep maybe took in originally when, when uh, Harbour were involved in the early days. Yeah, again, it's, it's sources for courses, Andy. Uh, we do a, a lot with some good Suffolk guys, Jim Cannon at Redbury and, and James Wallace at Clay Crop, and they're you know they're always turned out well. Um, and to me, you know, they're they're good. They're good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Well, you need to get a few Rylands in there, at, uh, Ali. I'll get, uh, be down at the sale in Ludlow next weekend, picking a few up. I can't see that happening, Andy. I'm so. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some up from Rav when we get too many. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and Ali, I know you played rugby and, and you breed dogs and various things and obviously married now and, and, and sort of on the farm down there. Yeah, what, what's the future hold for you? Is still a long term at, at Solway View or, 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 or are you sort of moving more into your own your own stuff now? No, it's, it's, I love my job. I'm very fortunate, you know, that I've got Kevin as a boss. You know, we're, we're, like I said before, you know, and I've said, I say to everyone, you know, he's, more, he's like a best mate rather than a boss and, uh, we get on very well with a good team and yeah there's, 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 what's the future I don't know you know I've never really it's never really crossed my mind and we're, we're still doing what we do and we're, we're trying to improve all the time the herd you know end of the day cattle cattle come first here and, and the sheep's a bit of a, a hobby on the side or a larger hobby on the side but yeah you know cat, cattle are number one on the farm and uh, they, they take priority over any of the sheep so uh, yeah, knows? A lot of people listen to this are wondering how you find time to do all that and 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 bring up a child, but maybe it's not you to, to bring in all the childcare. But uh, as I said, Robbie out there on the farm with you. It's, uh, you, you live a busy life there, and, and uh, hey, it must be hard just to to to, to balance to, to juggle all those balls. Yeah, but it, it was a it was a change to to what we do. You know, me and Hannah are both very busy. She's busy on her own farms, and you know, I'm busy here and. We're fortunate. The grandparents are all there as well to help out, you know. But yeah, Hannah does. Hannah does the majority of it. And, um, yeah, no, it's just you just have to get on with, don't you? It's, it's, you don't want to change too much, but you make time for them. And um, yeah, no, it's good. It's good. You certainly do. As I said, I know you've you got a few pedigree dogs there as well, which uh, you know, another. I don't know whether Harbour feed the pedigree dogs or not. Do you, do you, you get you're not, not the dog food yet, are you, Jordan? No. No, we've no stretch stuff, are you, Andy? We're, we're working on it. You're working on it, you're working on it. Well, gentlemen, as I said, you're both busy, and I know you're still on your way home there, Jordan, so appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with us. And Ali, wish you well with the, show, the sale season. I know it's already started with the Beltex uh, last week, and then, as you said, there's Lanark coming up, and, and uh, you'll have a lot of sheep to sell in the, in the next, next two or three weeks. Yeah, no, there, there is a lot, and it's, it's a bit of a... Yeah, next next couple of weeks are going to be manic, and then got my brother's wedding. Obviously, end of the month, and then we're into Kelso. So, yeah, a month of uh, a lot of work, and but yeah, hopefully it's worth it. You know, it's that's why we do it. You know, it's, the shows are good, but it's, it's a it's a selling point for our stock that we sell. So the sales are priority. You, know? you did. You need to have a word with that brother of yours getting married all the way out in Tyree in the middle of the sheep sale season. That's just it's just making things a little bit even harder this year. But I wish him all the best anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. No, it'll be good. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be good when you're standing on an island with 200 people or something, but no, it'll be fine. <laughs> Brilliant. Now, well, I know I speak to your father. Looking forward, you're all looking forward to going over there, I'm sure, there. And, and Jordan, I hope your Harborough customers continue to do well in, in the sheep sales coming up the way just now. And, and obviously, that keeps contributing towards your sales. And with customers like Ali there, the you know, Harborough's in, in, in good hands going forward. Yeah, no, we wish everybody well and uh, hopefully it's a success and uh, and going forward we can yeah be a bit more be a bit more excited and uh, yeah just look forward to what's what's new. Oh, brilliant! Well, I'm proud to be associated with Harborough as well and and uh, and proud to know you guys too. So it's been superb you speaking to me and taking your time. There, thanks very much for for being with us on Top Lines and Tales. You're very welcome. Thanks, Andy. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks, Ali. Thanks, Andy. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Top Lines and Tales, your weekly livestock podcast. And uh, it's great to speak to a member of Harborough, of course, who sponsored this podcast, and we're very grateful for that. And uh, you just you, as you can hear how Harborough feeds some excellent stock around the country there, why not uh, contact your local representative and see what they can do for you. And maybe this time of year you're thinking about how to boost fertility in your flock this autumn. So uh, Harborough's got that covered as well. So they have offers at the moment available on feed and fertility lick buckets. So there's a great, great bit of science behind this bucket and a great story about how nutrition at the point of conception can influence the lambs for the rest of their life and something which uh, we've mentioned uh, Professor John Robinson introduced to us you know, a, a long time ago. So get, get in touch with Harborough and, and see how they can help you guys uh, take your flock and your herd and your livestock forward there. So we're grateful to that sponsorship and uh, look them out on the internet as well or on social media and while you're on social media don't forget to join our Top Lines and Tales Facebook community where you'll find photographs and and other information to back up this and previous episodes. Thank you.